Good day and welcome to the Goad Kicker Podcast. I am your host, Carl D. Smith, and the D stands for distracted. I, for the second week in a row, haven't haven't really prepared much in the way of content. Um, This time I have a couple good reasons, or one's a good reason and one's an excuse, but we'll get to that here in a moment. So... Hope everybody's had a great week. Um, I'm dealing with post-sumo tournament letdown, as one of my friends is as well, and he's on tonight here in the chat, I believe. Um, But there has been no shortage of sumo talk. All the podcasts that I listen to now that I didn't listen to two weeks ago Um, are doing their wrap-ups and what have you, and I'm starting to weed out some of the podcasts. Not that they're not nice people, but it's just not my jam. Uh, Usually when you start off a podcast with a string of expletives, it's an easy one for me to avoid. Um, In the future, um, it's just neat to see that there's such diverse American-generated or Western-generated, English-language-generated, because I think one of them is from uh, Australia. But... um. You know, it's just neat to see all that enthusiasm for this sport. My favorite podcast of the bunch is the one from Texas with uh, two women, uh, Sumo Kaboom. I would highly recommend it. It's fun. They're enthusiastic and knowledgeable, and they do bingo during the tournament. And they're just decent human beings and fun to listen to. Um, It is mind-blowing how many women are into sumo. I would say that for... um, Every podcast I found that talked sumo, where it was a couple dudes, then there was one that was a couple women, and there are several that are couples or mixed partners on on the podcast of some sort. So it's really a neat thing because baseball um, podcasts, first of all, are boring because sports radio talk, I've outgrown it years ago, um, but second of all... Um, is a very male-dominated, argumentative uh, niche of podcast land. And um, sumo is not that. So, all right. Um, well, this week, I have an interview tomorrow, so I cannot be rambling for my usual hour, hour and a half. Um, I need to get fresh. I need to get a little sleep and get up early, make sure I shave my face and get all Zoom interview looking um, and uh, go from there. Um, I have my unfortunate maybe for a professional interview backdrop here since I'm on the Cornucopia 7. Uh, Thankfully, Zoom has a blur feature that makes that look maybe a little more normal. Maybe that gives me some flavor as a human being. Maybe it makes me a liability as being flighty and nerdy. I'm not sure. But behind this, for those of you who thought I was actually in a space station, behind this is a messy, messy, unfinished basement that makes it look like I'm being held captive against my will. And uh, it's a worse look, perhaps. So um, I think that will stick with this. My other alternate backup that I'll unveil one of these weeks is the Shire. And that makes me happy in all sorts of ways, but looks even more nerdy. Uh, When this is blurred, you know, it just looks like maybe a room in the background. Uh, When the Shire is blurred, it's 
obviously some sort of fantasy backdrop still. So um, anyway, we'll break out the Shire in celebration in the next uh, couple weeks, perhaps. So done a ton of reading in the last week to the part where my brain hurts. Um, and it wasn't all uh, associated with my certificate program. Actually, I got behind in that a little bit because I'm so frazzled. I haven't wanted to do academic reading. I wanted to do pleasure reading. And so I had sumo that I was trying to get up to speed with and enjoy, um, manga, which is always on the surface of my interests and, um, finally hit a breaking point and and dove back into it. Um, plus, um, nonfiction, I'm reading an excellent book about the Tong Wars in Chinatown, um, although it's starting to get a little on the boring side. Um, it's very high adventure. I now understand why so many pulps were set. Uh, I always wondered why Chinatown got drug into all that stuff, and it's because it's very lurid and uh, very vice-filled um, and very violent. And um, it may have been like a small period of time that sort of defined its identity in maybe the greater imagination of the American public. Um, but these things happen just like gangland Chicago or, or pre cleanup, uh, New York times square. Those things just become a part of the storytelling landscape and shorthand, uh, for backdrops for stories we want to tell. So I feel like I understand that all a little better now, having listened to some of the historical account, um, of some of the things that actually were going on back then. And it's amazing that our nation is even functional to this day because of the sheer amount of corrupt uh, politicking and uh, bigotry and racism and cronyism, whatever. Everything is in that bucket, and it never ceases to amaze me if you read a history book to find out that things haven't changed, and they've always been um, tough on someone... uh, not in power or with access to great wealth. So, um, again, a good book. And then, of course, fiction. Um, I joked with my friend Tim, who I don't think he'll hop on tonight here, but um, but uh, I joked with him that um, I've completely forgotten how to read. I have forgotten how to read an actual book with a paper cover, a cardboard cover, paper pages, flip through it, um, I read digitally, I read uh, via audiobooks, I read um, on my laptop PDFs. Really, really, really have not unplugged all the way to sit and read a paperback novel in a long, long time, and I'm going to remedy that. Um, But today is not the day because I have other books that I'm reading um, via those other methods that I do want to tidy up. But I wonder if that's something that anyone else struggles with. This digital access to the different media we have, you know, there's a lot of talk about becoming addicted and having compulsive behaviors with your cell phone, sort of like surfing your cell phone, surfing your cell phone, surfing your cell phone, and then putting it down and then pulling up the browser and then pulling up those same sites, pulling up Facebook, pulling up Twitter, even though you just looked at the smaller version of it on your phone. And, uh, you know, it's something I'm definitely guilty of. Um, I have a focus issue as it is, and my phone makes it magically terrible because if I pull up the Kindle e-reader app on my phone, if my Kindle isn't handy, with the intention of reading and progressing 
you know, my, my physical reading a little further. Next thing you know, I'm in my emails. I'm, I'm on eBay. I'm uh, where, you know, you name it. I've, I've distracted myself and I've gotten a bad habit of if I experience something that I immediately need to comment on it online. So if I see something I enjoy in a particular manga or in a book and I triggers a thought then I'm on Facebook writing that thought, copy and pasting it over to Twitter and it's very distracted way to work. I don't know if that isn't a survival instinct in this world where our workplaces are starting to mirror that a little bit more or if it's something negative that I should probably try to do a little bit of washout period from but um, it's interesting it changes your behaviors and um, and mine have definitely changed and I'm curious if anybody else has sort of forgotten how to sit and just enjoy a book now amongst my comic friends I, I that probably isn't so much of a problem because most of them still enjoy reading a physical comic book for a couple reasons one reason is they already own it for those that were wise and hung on to the greater part of their collections over the years and didn't purge everything and start from scratch like somebody that I know, um, they have a pretty substantial collection, stuff that maybe they haven't read in a decade or more that they go back through and reorganize, rebag, or just revisit, and they're able to open it up and read it. So they're, it's product they already own, so they don't have to chase it down digitally. Two, because these things tend to get repackaged, and so trade paperbacks, omnibus collections, and so on. I just put into my shopping cart, but I haven't ordered it yet, the third volume of the Grendel omnibus. I have not finished reading the first omnibus of that yet, but I really, really, really don't want to miss out on getting them. Um, it seems like the printing of them was delayed a little bit, and we're in anticipation of a Netflix show being around the corner, but the Netflix show was canceled. Uh, before it aired. And so um, these are synergistic product for for something that doesn't exist. And I don't want to miss out on these. They're a very nice collection. Um, they're collected chronologically by the aspect of the Grendel, not by the publication date. So all the tales of the Grendel and all that stuff um, get packaged sort of chronologically as if this was a... Uh, a timeline like a physical timeline and so this third one starting to get into the more science fictiony part of it and away from you know just the vampire in New York type story um, Grendel is something I have struggled with my entire fandom of, of comic books well not my entire like let's say since college um, because I know that it's lauded the character design is amazing the ideas behind it are compelling and I know that the topics that it deals with or things that are right in my backyard, but I've struggled to really, um, I don't know, what synchronize with what Wagner's doing there. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult reading. It's a lot of reading, and it's taking a lot of good with bad. There's clunkiness to it. The art gets wacky sometimes and sometimes not. So I do know that um, it takes a little attention and it's sort of a process. So much like ElfQuest, which I amassed here somewhat recently, and Nexus, I just want to sit down and plow through it because the majority, the lion's share of the part that's canon that really matters is now published and I own it. Um, 
I want to plow through it and give it some attention that it's due and compare it to itself instead of things that I'm being distracted by elsewhere. So um, uh, something I want to do is get that. So anyway, these things get repackaged. And, um, and uh, so we tend to want a physical copy of those. But the third reason of why a lot of my friends who are in the comic space maybe don't forget how to read so much is because the digital option is rubbish. Um, if you're using uh, the new neutered Comixology or uh, just the straight Kindle interface or even the apps which have gotten better but still aren't ideal. And the devices, to be honest, I still haven't really, I mean, I haven't owned an iPad, so maybe that would blow my mind. But there's something tactile and uh, off-putting about the limiting uh, of of your access just to that that size and that that format uh, that digital offers. Um, some of those digital tablets are the size of comic books or manga. Uh, you'd think that it would be a no-brainer to switch over to it, especially like on a paper white screen. Manga should look absolutely incredible on there. It looks readable. And without my glasses on, and I know that my eyes have changed a little bit, my prescription has changed, um, some of it is hard to read without pinch and expand, you know, doing the Blade Runner thing, you know, enhance, zoom, enhance. Uh, without doing that, some of it is is not unreadable, but very difficult and unpleasant to read. And they have not bothered to stick with the guided view. So you can't do that double tap thing where it will march through in uh, logical order usually um, the panels and feature them prominently on the screen. Which is unfortunate because I think that the Dark Horse graphic novels do that. I think, um, to the best of my knowledge, the uh, Lone Wolf and Cub do allow you to do that zoom one panel at a time. But a lot of the manga that I've picked up have, have not uh, allowed for that. Um, the other issue with digital access when it comes to people who are into comic books and manga is that the libraries are incomplete, which you would think it would be a trade-off because, yes, I can pick up the Marvel Unlimited app, which I still have and I've paid for, and I, I always am shocked that I paid it for it because I forget that I have it. And I can look at uh, Silver Age Marvel superhero comic books that I could not afford to read, okay, for the most part. And um, I can pull them up any time of the day. I can look at Fantastic Four number one and read it panel by panel. Now, it's it's devoid of all the charm of, of the, the paper and the printing techniques and the ads that come with it and the smell and the touch and all that, but it's accessible. So you think that trade-off would be good, except for there is a lot of content for a comic book reader that just has never been collected um, legally or officially in a in a in an accessible digital way, and uh, that's unfortunate. And so you can't have a single source of truth. You can't have one repository that has your collection in it. And you know it's bad enough for those of us who have sort of obsessive problems with collecting um, and don't like when things don't match on our shelves or the format sizes change or the trade dress changes. Um, just similar to that, uh, I don't like having more than one app to access the, the, the breadth and the width of my reading interests. Uh, I want to be able to pull it up and go at a whim. I want to see my collection. 
because there's this weird um, misdirected sense of pride with seeing what you've curated uh, together as uh, as your collection. So it isn't ideal still to be digital only, but digital exists and it is an option. When it comes to manga, um, I've noticed that there's just a few holdouts. Um, and some of them are things that I really wish that I had access to. Like, I would like to read all of Monster, but um, it's not available digitally. Um, I would like to have access to Akira um, digitally. Just because of the size of the volumes, it would be wonderful to read it in bed on a digital device and, and work my way through Akira again, which I like to do on a regular basis, but it's not available di digitally. Um, there's some other ones that I've noticed that aren't available. Um, but there's an outstanding amount that are available. Um, again, your options are pretty weak. Uh, they're either Comixology or Kindle, which is like six of one, half dozen of the other. I assume Kobo and Barnes & Noble probably have uh, uh, some license for uh, digital manga. Um, if you belong to Crunchyroll, um, they have... Uh, a limited selection of uh, manga available you can read digitally as part of your subscription to their anime streaming service, which I think is really neat, um, but I don't make use of it at all. So those things are available out there, and um, it can be kind of pricey um, if you're purchasing, um, if you're doing a subscription service. I can't speak to Comixology's quality. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about their layoffs and so on, but the Worst pom comic podcast ever talked about that this week, and they did a wonderful job, and it doesn't need my voice added to it uh, because it would be kind of double-dipping because if you're uh, kind enough to listen to the Goad Kicker podcast, you're probably in that same circle with those dudes, uh, the uh, worst comic podcast ever, and so you're either listening to them or should be listening to them. If that's been something that's been in a blind spot, I would highly recommend that you download them Great bunch of guys, very respectful, very professional, very fun. They've been friends their entire life. They're talking comic books, and it's um, that little anticipation and that little sense of being home every week for me when their new episodes drop. And um, I just want to support them. I don't want to duplicate what they're doing because they're doing better than me. So um, I'll just be adding white noise to the discussion. But suffice it to say, it's sad that um, so many things um, – you know, are set up to succeed uh, and and have a fan base only to be acquired and left to languish. Um, and that seems to be um, just a common feature of this capitalism, if you want to call it that, or this modern age. Um, nothing exists as a, as a cottage in industry for long because the minute that the spotlight is turned on it, um, the expectation is for it to to scale and um, and uh, they don't do well. They don't do well at scale, and especially when they're purchased by people who don't understand the niche and pull back the resources. So what a time for me to get into IT, right? Because there are layoffs aplenty um, from very big-name uh, players in the market. Um and it's been interesting uh, to watch the news stories, but there are still jobs out there, which is very encouraging. But suddenly there's, you know, 60,000 people looking for 
um, engineering jobs all at the same time. Um, that could be a pinch that you would feel if you're in my position and in, in being self-taught and self-certified through online and not going through the official route of going to a institution that's reputable and accredited and getting a bachelor's degree, which is a universal stamp of, of rigor uh, that at least means something. Um, and so it becomes a little bit of self-promotion wars after a while um, because of the competition. And when there's competition uh, for positions, that means that uh, reimbursement and salaries probably um, aren't going to grow or aren't going to be as lucrative. So um, it's a different field right now, but I, at the point where I am in my seeking and education and, and application, have not really felt the pinch yet. Um, matter of fact, I've seen a few opportunities that maybe I shouldn't have access to that are willing to hear me out. And so um, I'm very blessed in that way. But um, the switch to uh, IT uh, in this environment, uh, maybe poorly timed now, but maybe if I can keep my head down and get some experience and continue to learn, that it actually will be a blessing because I will be job ready plus one uh, when the next bubble starts to form. So there's always that. So if you're working in the IT space right now, I just encourage you to hang in there and um, just keep at it, man, and um, hope it works out for everybody. Um, a while back, there was a shooting at a nightclub in Colorado Springs, and it was a nightclub that was known to be friendly, or I don't want to use the word exclusive, but you know, known for hosting uh, LGBTQ plus um, uh, revelers and, and events. And there was a shooting there um, that was stopped by citizens, um, citizens that weren't armed. Uh, so no good guy with a gun, just citizens that acted and, and managed to keep it from being worse than it was. Um, there were people who were lost, um, which is depressing. Um, but... Um, as a part of that, one of the gentlemen who stepped up and acted to stop the um, stop the assault um, was one half of the owners of a particular microbrew in the Colorado Springs area, which I imagine you can swing a stick and hit five microbrews uh, in Colorado because that's the way it was when I was there. Um, but they're very nice people. Um, they lost some friends um, and, you know, were obviously touched negatively by the events and they were there that night. And so what a terrible thing to have to process yourself and then to have the courage to step up and help stop that, uh, that scene from getting worse. Um, it's just uh, all heart and humanity's best on display. Um, that altruistic, uh, self-sacrificing moment uh, to do something, uh, to stop injustice, to stop violence, to stop danger um, for the sake of others at the risk of your own health and safety is what makes us human beings. And it's just amazing that people are able to dig down deep and, and, and stand into the gap in those moments. Well, this particular microbrew... Um, it started getting passed around that, uh, you know, they were having a little tough time after that because they had lost some people. Um, 
they were affected negatively. And plus people wanted to show their appreciation and their support for them. And so their link got sent around Twitter and elsewhere uh, to buy a T-shirt from them because they had some merch for their brewery. Um, and, you know, just to show some appreciation and um, whatever. The problem is, is that people responded very positively and very strongly to that. And for good and bad reasons. I mean, it's good that you want to support them. And it's bad that you feel like that needs to be the thing you need to wear so you can kind of make it about you a little bit, you know. But I, full disclosure, ordered a T-shirt back then and um, haven't received it. And I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really looked into it. But I have received regular uh, um, updates from them. And my heart sort of breaks for these people because they were overwhelmed, with orders and then they have to fulfill those orders and they want to fulfill those orders, but they had very sparse stock because they're a small microbrew amongst hundreds that don't have any sort of celebrity endorsement or anything that suddenly became minor celebrities through tragedy and people wanting to do the right thing uh, and reached out to them and wanted to buy physical product from them in, in exchange for some appreciation dollars where it would have probably been better just to do a GoFundMe and just give them some cash. But, you know, a little tit for tat, you know, perfectly fine. No, no foul there. But now they have to scale. Now they have to find someone who can produce T-shirts, um, who can provide them and do order fulfillment. And they're dealing with negative feedback from people. I ordered a shirt. Why do I have it not have a shirt? Um, they've had people who've been rude to them and they even had to specifically mention in one of their emails that if you're rude to us on an email, we'll just delete it. If you call us and you're rude, we're just going to hang up on you. Um, they're having a lot of negativity, uh, and a lot of stress over something that really, that wasn't the point of it. So again, another example of where success goes awry as an adult, um, they just weren't prepared for that volume of attention and demand to be put upon them. And I've mentioned it before on my podcast. There was a wonderful article I read about a gentleman who was a foodie and a food critic and did these best burger in the United States type places and did a highlight one year on this, you know, kind of greasy spoon somewhere uh, that made a heck of a burger and his attention on that restaurant, is as flattering as it was in the moment, ended up spelling uh, the end of that restaurant, something that had been around a family local restaurant. They couldn't scale. People's experiences were negative because of the weight and because the ill-equipped uh, you know, workflow for them to deal with, with a heightened crowd. People were traveling to get there. The people were very critical and very rude, um, impatient. Um, and maybe their performance uh, in a culinary sense or even customer service sense weren't the best, uh, what they were before. You're not suddenly dropping into that little corner place anymore. It's a place that you have to wait in line for. And, you know, prices had to change and the regulars left. And, like, all the things that make those places just incredible little dens of, 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 of the best parts of life um, that ruin it um, happened all because they got some positive press. And um, we have to be careful, I think, when we scale ourselves, when we're doing good 
And we have to be mindful of others, I think, when it comes to that, too. I think that um, you can bury someone in love uh, and it not end up benefiting them as much as, as you intended. And it's not because you're trying to hurt them or that it's some sort of strategy to, to run them out of business or, or to do some sort of chaos engineering on what they can handle. Um, I, I think the intentions are right, but it's very destructive and um, it's sad. Um, so if you feel like supporting uh, somebody who becomes the flavor of the week for, for us bleeding hearts, um, find a way to do it, but it's worthwhile to think about the effect it will have uh, long-term uh, as a whole. And if it comes to demanding product from someone that's ill-equipped to, uh, to scale it to wide, it might be better just to ask them if there's a way to just send them cash if you don't really care about the product. Um, and um, it, it's just something to be mindful of. We want to be kind we want to do the right thing, um, but sometimes kindness, even though it's well-placed, can be misdirected, and, um, and this is an example of that. And I just feel terrible for these people, and I would send them an email telling them so, but I don't know them, and they're probably just inundated with uh, communique right now. Um, I just read the ladies' newsletter, and I just felt terrible for how much time now they're spending just the source, produce, and... Uh, fulfill these t-shirts which at the end of the day they'll make a pretty penny from but it's not their passion it's not what they want to do they want to be brewers right they want to make nice craft beer that they've designed from their own recipes that please other people and uh you know heighten social interaction or whatever but um but that's what they got into business to do not sell t-shirts and now they're almost primarily a t-shirt business for the time being because They've got outstanding orders, and it's starting to look like they're not filling them, even though they are. And uh, the amount of stress that must come with that just must be unbearable. So anyway, that's going to be Goad Kicker for this week, you guys. I'll post this up on the usual audio places for the six or seven of you that listen on a regular basis that didn't show up live. Um, I'm here every Wednesday night at 630, and um, the... The buy-in has been very poor, um, but that's fine. Um, that's what Go Kicker is always about, and I don't mind hearing myself talk. But this stream may change into me just gaming a lot sooner than later um, at this rate because um, because the the back and forth chat and the uh, attendees to the, the live uh, stream just aren't panning out. And this is the fifth week in a row, so. Um, I expect there to be some drop off, but we never really had the ramp up. Um, and so when you start low and then go down from there, um, you know, I had a zero week last week and a one this week. So um, it may be changing. It may just be me and Sean playing Elden Ring, uh, which I'd be fine with. So um, do keep checking in. Um, I will change the schedule on Twitch if the content is going to change um, and it is just going to be streaming again, when those final fantasy pixel remasters drop, um, that's what we will be doing. We will be playing final fantasy and talking at the same time. So um, it'll be a hybrid stream um, because final fantasy is going to take a lot less interest or excuse me, a lot less attention than something like an Elden ring will. And um, we'll go from there. 
And if a dump truck of money uh, crashes onto my lawn and the cops say for me just to keep it, then um, maybe we'll get a PS5 and um, go from there. But um, for now, it's Go Kicker as usual, just live stream, posted later on audio. Matter of fact, it'll be in your inbox tomorrow. It won't even get too stale before it's available. So until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and I hope to have some good news uh, for myself and for everybody else uh, next week at Wednesday at 6.30. Bye now.